Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little pop culture, which I don't think we've done in a minute, uh, as we will be discussing, finally, after a while, you've been asking me when the hell I'm going to get to this one, Thor, Love and Thunder, the latest entry, movie-wise anyway, into the MCU, uh, and if we have a little bit of time, we might talk about some of the recent Disney Plus series in the MCU that have come out, and maybe anything else that tickles our fancy Joining me today, as always, Kevin Miller. How the heck are you, Kevin? It's been a while. <laughs> it has, yeah. It sure has. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. I think I, I'm not sure if I said that earlier. But, uh, yeah. So, I wasn't able to get into see Love and Thunder when it came out. It's been a busy summer. That's why I took some time off from the podcast. We're getting back to regularly scheduled stuff these days. And it was just... Not feasible. I mean, there were a couple of times where I could have squeezed it in at, at, at a weird time at night if I was willing to sacrifice sleep. But by then, everybody was already coming out and saying it kind of wasn't that great. So I was like, am I really going to lose sleep over a movie people are saying isn't that good? And Yeah, walk, don't run. <laughs> yeah, it was a walk, don't run. So I figured I would just wait till it came on, on the plus. And now that it's on the plus, I've uh, been able to take it in. And uh, we're going to talk about it now. And like I said, maybe we'll get to Ms. Marvel and uh, She-Hulk a little bit today. But no Moon Knight. I'm, I'm phoning in Moon Knight worse than Ethan Hawke did. So uh, <laughs> keep getting those checks, Ethan. I'm sure your family's starving. Uh, let's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got that Stranger Things money. <laughs> yeah, get right under the bus there, Ethan. Right under the bus. Uh, so here we go. Thor Love and Thunder. Like so, I I saw Thor: Love and Thunder for the first time two or three days ago. I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday because the, the weekend's a bit of a blur for me because it was Week One in the NFL, very profitable Week One in the NFL for me. By the uh, by the way, aside from the fact I got knocked out of my Survivor pool in Week One for the first time uh, in probably my lifetime. I don't think that's ever happened, but made nicer by the fact that it was very profitable Week One for me. So I don't know, remember exactly why I saw it. When did you catch Thor Love and Thunder? I caught it on day two, uh, the first Saturday that it was out on July 9th. My birthday. Right, because that was why, yeah, that was right by your birthday. I was just going to say that. So, yeah, yeah so you, you, you caught that. And so, how <laughs> do you... that I was gifted a uh, Thor Love and Thunder t-shirt. <laughs> nice, nice. What's on the shirt? Uh, it's just a navy blue shirt with, uh, like, Thor in, uh, you know, looking straight ahead with, uh, some, some, you know, filigree around him in, uh, like, bright yellow and sky blue. Pretty nice. That's pretty dope, I gotta say. Now, have you had a chance to revisit it on the plus since it came out? I have not, and, uh, I mean, maybe we'll get into talking about this, but I have, like, again, walk, don't run. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so your takes are ice cold from from, <laughs> yeah. all, from nearly two months ago. Okay, so minor, minor. It was trying to remember if, like, you, you like, if you remembered you had a podcast, because I'm just, like, waiting for you to schedule me, and uh, it didn't come. The call did not come. My hotline has got cobwebs all over it. Yeah, the hotline did not bling. For <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder, yeah, that, that and that that's entirely on my end. I want our, our, our <laughs> small cadre of listeners to know that, uh, yeah, it was it was me. But uh, I, I will preface anything I say today with the fact that uh, you know my takes being as cold as they are, uh, I, I did read and watch a couple reviews just to remind myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, my opinions may not be entirely my own anymore, but uh, we'll get into it. Well, I remember. Let's let's try to you know, let's go in the in the way back machine to two months ago when this first dropped, and I remember when it two days before it dropped the the Rotten Tomatoes score, which and Rotten Tomatoes is not the be all end all. That that score can be manipulated, but for the most part, it's it's somewhat accurate, right? Yeah. And this one was coming in not great off the hop. Like two days before it was getting released to the public, it, it was like you know in the in the mid to low sixties, I think, on on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. in terms of a percentage. Was not getting great buzz. The big, I I, I think the the big criticism that people had of the movie was how un focused it seemed and that Taika Waititi seemed to be given a little bit too much rope which makes perfect sense based on the fact that 
Thor Ragnarok is was was so good and changed a lot of the game that we had going on in the MCU, yeah, yeah. and I would say is easily in my Mount Rushmore of MCU films right now. Oh, agree with that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm just well, Winter. I'm trying to remember who the fourth one was, but I think Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, and Infinity War are probably my top three and then i i it varies for uh earlier this year uh and the last year um potentially given spider-man uh no way home that was it yeah no way home i think bre- no I, I think home. breached it just because it was it was so fun <laughs> so fun but it's it, it, it... <laughs> this one, this one was weird. This one was weird for me. This one was this. This is me having not seen it in the theaters with a the crowd, getting no general feel for for what the the vibe was like in a movie theater with a with a room full of with a half full room of people. It was just me on my couch. I don't think I'd taken in a. I, I, I'm trying to think if I've ever done a first viewing of an MCU film. Not in theaters since phase, what has now, you know, become to be known as phase one. Mm-hmm. The overall thing that was weird for me, because we, we, we've we had this criticism, I think, of a lot of MCU films, where the first two acts tend to be very strong, and then the third act gets very... It's the third acts just tend to drop off and be not great, and then devolve somewhat into just CGI punch film fests. I think one of the worst, uh, one of the worst victims of that, for lack of a better term, off the top of my dome, is Shang Chi, because the first two acts of Shang Chi are a great father son story, draped with a lot of fun kung fu in the MCU and then once we get to that mythical Chinese city in the third act that movie is fucked because they completely <laughs> abandon they completely abandon this incredible father son story that they had going on with great acting from everybody involved and then ditch all of that so that Simu Liu can be punching a weird demon CGI demon in the face oh, yeah, in the third so act so that Aquafina can shoot a dragon. <laughs> yeah, and no shade to her. That was just a lousy third act. <laughs> I, listen, I agree. I just never thought I'd say that phrase. <laughs> yeah, and it, I think, I, I again, this is me sitting on, on my couch and, and watching it by myself, and I have not revisited this one yet, and I will revisit this one. This is not going to be full Eternals for me, where I'll never watch a single frame of Eternals. I do think that's probably the worst way to watch a Marvel movie for the first time. Yeah. Oh well, I guess I, you know what? I forgot about the weird Black Widow release, so that yeah, was technically yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we have our feelings about that movie, regardless. Well, I'm sorry, I just I meant in terms of the last time I watched uh, my first viewing wasn't in the theaters and was on the, was on the couch for me. That was uh, that that was Black Widow, but Black Widow is a is a special case. I don't think that technically counts. Um, and but what I was saying about the way they kind of miff up the third act, I feel like this movie's completely reverse. Where the first hour is, I think, borderline dreadful in this in this movie. Like I, I, I like it, it was it like it basically the cold open is really good with uh, yep. with Christian Bale, and then when they're doing the the Thor, then they they go from from that to the As Guardians of the Galaxy thing that seemed like it was. Like was was that 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 was probably ten minutes long, but felt like two, and it was like okay, the Guardians of the Galaxy are here. Oh, now they're gone, and and we're off. And oh, by the way, advertisements made it seem like that was a much bigger part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, and it was nothing. It was once they were on set for one day, guaranteed, and it it was it was yeah, and like that was just that was absolutely dread. The, the first hour of this movie is dreadful. Second hour is. Also, just as bad, I would say, because man, that 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 scene in Omnipotent City, which which will 
Oh. We'll go in on that. That that goes down. I think that's going to go in as one of the worst sequences in the history of the MCU. That was there was a lot wrong with uh, that. But you know when they're in the the, the sequence in the uh, the shadow realm, I, as they were deciding to call it, yep. uh, was easily the strongest. <laughs> Oh, easily, yeah. It, it, it was time to d- 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 duel because that was when they actually had the fight, and uh, that was the strongest scene in the movie, easily. But that was because they just they were like, "Give Christian Bale the ball, clear out, let him drive to the hoop, and just oh, let him cook." Yeah, because <laughs> I was gonna say my favorite scene in the movie was that opening scene. Um, yeah, and and I, I I think that I could agree with you as well. Like, I mean, I totally see your point. I think you give uh, Christian Bale. Uh, room to run in this movie, and he's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a, a lot of criticism I've heard since has been about you know how you know there was an hour and thirty minutes of Christian Bale footage left on the editing room floor, and and et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it makes you wonder what this movie could have been, um, especially considering that this is one of the shorter ones we've had in a while from the MCU at, at, at one fifty eight. Yeah, it, it was it's under two hours. Yeah, it, it, and that was a big thing when you mentioned about them uh, leaving stuff on the cutting room floor. There's a ton of stuff that got left out because I I couldn't find out why, but apparently there was a real mandate to get this movie under two hours, which is why it slides just under. I don't know the reason, but like there's a ton of stuff that like apparently. Like Peter Dinklage and Goldblum were going to be back as the Grandmaster in E Tree. That yep. scene was yep. completely cut. Lena yep. Headey apparently yep. uh, was filmed some stuff. Lena Headey was about to join the MCU and then she was just cut out of the flick entirely. So I I don't I don't know. It was it was just yeah. There there was a there was a ton of stuff. Obviously they left a lot of Christian Bale stuff out because like. He's damn near not in this movie, to be honest. Sure, uh, but, like, and as you're saying, like it, it feels like it was kind of a jumble running from one thing to the next, where you know to the point where a lot of fight scenes were running together. Um, uh, I, tell me if you felt this way at all watching it, because you came to it um, much more recently, uh, later than I think most people. Um, but. Uh, it felt in a lot of ways, maybe like the, the Asgardians of the Galaxy stuff that was, like you said, felt like it was only like five minutes long. Um, introducing new concepts and characters that made it feel like I had missed a, a, a Thor 3.5 somewhere in the line. Because suddenly, you know, we're getting... Like, we saw at the end of Endgame that he was going to go off with the Guardians of the Galaxy, fine. But, like, we kind of midway through got the backstory on why jane was where she was we heimdall's son who i didn't know existed at all showed up in the middle of the movie as a floating head hologram which totally baffled me (laughs) like where the fuck is this coming from (laughs) like it just felt like there was stuff that i missed and they they just kind of threw you into like this in media res and they had this sort of uh gimmick of uh, Taika Waititi as as Korg doing like the now I will tell you the story of this person and and kind of providing that that framing narrative. That's a bad device too. But I did bad device. It, it, it wasn't super entertaining to me. It was more. It, it felt like a device to be like, well, we had to cut half an hour of us explaining who these characters and concepts are. So what we're gonna do instead is have Taika Waititi go into the ADR booth and do some voiceover to tell us, you know, what we may have missed on the last episode that doesn't actually exist. And it felt a little weird and disjointed. Like, I like I felt like I'd missed something, and, you know, I haven't. I've, I've watched everything from this. <laughs> and maybe I don't remember all of it, because there's been, you know, 27 movies and, and 12 TV shows or whatever we're up to now, and, uh, you know, you're bound to forget a little bit, but, you know, I remember Thor Ragnarok pretty well. And it just felt like there was a bunch of stuff in there that um, was given very little explanation. <laughs> and, I mean, we can say right directly into, uh, you know, our God City now, if you want. Well, yeah, that entire... <laughs> the Omnipotent City sequence was one of the worst sequences in MCU history. It felt like an episode of fucking Family Guy to me that entire sequence the jokes were so lazy and easy 
They didn't make sense. A couple of them went on forever, like Zeus, Zeus spinning, like like uh, uh, Russell Crowe shows up as Zeus, him spinning the thunderbolt like it was a basketball. Yeah, might as well have been Peter like fighting the chicken seconds. for yeah. Might as well have been Peter fighting the chicken in an episode of Family Guy for five minutes. It it would that. Oh, that was dreadful. I read somewhere that they apparently recorded two versions of, uh, like Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson. Jesus, I still got football. <laughs> Russell Crowe. I'm still. I'm just totally in football mode right now. Russell Crowe. Uh, apparently, they filmed all of his scenes twice: one with the accent and one without the accent. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what the without the accent things, because that 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 awful Greek accent he was attempting, if you can even call it that that he was attempting to do. I was just like, this man is, it was fun to see him there, but I like, I was just like, this man was washed up years ago. And this is not a fun, like this was the opposite. Seeing Russell Crowe as Zeus got me, was basically the anti-hype that I felt from when, uh, Megan McCarthy showed up as, uh, as, uh, fake Hella in the, in the, uh, in the, the, oh, yeah. in, in the, 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 weird uh, movie with you know play within the movie thing that they've been doing with that which to me might have been the highlight of the movie to me was was them uh uh it's it it was it was it was it was bad it was it was absolutely dreadful and even like the easter eggs they were trying to do where they were like hey there's so-and-so hey there's that hey there's jesus yeah and then i'm like sitting there going so did they invite jesus to the orgy that they keep talking about is that the inference here taika that well, Zeus is inviting Jesus to an orgy? I'm like, what the fuck is happening? That and was dreadful. This, this is another thing that I say when I say that it feels like I missed something here because we, in the last proper Thor outing, because he's been in like Avengers movies and stuff since mm-hmm. Ragnarok, and that's fine, but obviously they're not digging deep into um, Thor-specific mythology in that way other than the Stormbreaker and whatnot. Um, but uh, they just... Have us in that opening scene, and we watched that opening scene, and I liked it, but they basically have us take it on faith that, oh, okay, so gods are real, and they all hang out. <laughs> like, yeah. in Thor Ragnarok, we, they had to basically convince Thor that he was a god by the final scene. And now we're, we know that, oh, yeah, not only did I always know that, but I also know of this place that we can, a physical place that we can go to in the universe where all the other gods hang out. Uh, and you know they all have personalities, and Thor knows about them already. And it's like, God, did I miss an episode here? What happened? <laughs> yeah, it was like no lead into that whatsoever. And then suddenly, here's everybody, including Jesus. <laughs> it was, it was bad. It was, it was bad. Although I did like that the third guy from What We Do in the Shadows. Was Di- was the Greek god Dionysus, the Greek god of wine, and ba- yeah. like basically the party bro god? <laughs> there were fun little cameos there. Yeah, yeah that was fun. <laughs> yeah, obviously the best one was uh, Daryl from the team Daryl Shorts was leading the tour of New Asgard, Asgard or whatever. That was that was yeah. easily the be- uh, the best part. That was probably the best Easter egg that they ever dropped. Um, it. <laughs> was this is this is not a great it's 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 not a good movie it's definitely on the lower tier like it's not eternals bad where eternals i think should should be locked in a box and thrown in the ocean like motherfucking jacques cousteau let alone (laughs) given a sequel it was that fucking terrible and boring but it's just not a good movie and it's more reminiscent of the the type of problems that they had with thor the dark world than just a straight up bad movie like eternals I just think it was messy because they came up with, you know, we this is on its face. Um, it has to be a superhero movie, and that's what it is. But it's also a romantic comedy. And so there are comedic bits that were really funny for me. Um, I feel like they may have done them a little too often. But, like, you know, any time Stormbreaker jealously came onto screen from off camera to... That you was... know, like I, I lost it every single time. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that I was gonna say that was one of the few bits that, I, like the the few uh, comedy bits they were tempting in the movie that actually worked for me was was that sequence. But like other things that are not on this list were 
Natalie Portman is just not good at comedy. She's just isn't. It's not oh, her. She's she's, no. she's not. She's not great in this movie, to be honest. She's a fine actress, but she's not. I don't think of her as a comedic actress. <laughs> no, and she gave it a go in this. It just doesn't. Which is weird because she has one of the funniest. Uh, SNL sketch of all time, which is when she yeah. rapped. But I mean, at the same time, she's deadpanning it in that sketch the entire time. So it does, like, which is why it's funny. But yeah, yeah, she's not being glib. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's it, she, like her do it, the the whole thing where she's like trying to figure out her catchphrase and whatnot. That that bit did not land for oh. me at all. I thought that was was horrific. That that was just not funny. I just at all. kept back to that. I'm like, this is never good. And at no point do you think that like someone who's as star as smart theoretically as Jane Foster would think that these are any good at all. Yeah, no, that <laughs> and was I assume that those were like, you know, comic book Easter eggs and stuff too, but Oh, I don't know. Well I don't know about that, but like I mean I mean the mighty Thor thing when he call when Gore calls her Lady Thor and she says it's it's the mighty Thor and I'm like, Yeah, that was good, but when when she's sitting in the in the hospital room with um uh with uh Darcy Cat Dennings Cat Dennings thank you when she's getting the when she's getting the, the the chemo treatment and the MCU just can't yet again just can't help themselves and can't even allow their characters to to just like acknowledge that this is somewhat serious like I'm not, I'm not, yeah like this doesn't have to be the fault in their star or the fault with the stars or whatever that movie was with the with the other cancer uh girl where it's just depressed like it doesn't have to be depressing but no. the people can at least acknowledge that this is serious but it's like natalie portman's sitting there cutting bad one-liners in front of kat dennings while she's there getting chemo treatment and i'm just like oh what is this is yeah this is abysmal. <laughs> this is bad. It was bad. It, no, it's, the, it's... the one that I always come back to is like I think there's less than five seconds between um, in the, in the uh, first Avengers movie when Tony delivers the nuke through the portal and he comes out and they think that he's dead and the Hulk screams him back to life. Yeah, I think there's less than five seconds between him coming back to life and being like, "You guys want shawarma?" It's like, what? Yeah, it's 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 bad. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you buy it with Tony at least. I just don't buy that with Natalie Portman's Jane Foster character and whatnot. It's just like everybody can't like you can't all be cutting one-liners. I get like there's supposed to be a one-liner guy or you know two maybe one-liner guys. Like Iron Man and Spider Man should probably be your one-liner guys, and then everybody else. <laughs> just doesn't necessarily have to be one like they can kick them in every once in a while but i don't know it's just this movie doesn't work for me if christian bale is it like the, the scenes when he's not on screen kind of don't work for me unless although i do enjoy some of the uh the the stormbreaker stuff was right. kind of funny it, it was it was was really funny but uh, i don't know man the 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 Eternity sequence, I thought, looked gorgeous, though, when they were actually in Eternity, and you got to see the character of Eternity. That was that was really, really cool. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's great visuals. Like, I, I know yeah. that like, they can compose, like, a shot in this, because, like, as you were saying, your favorite scene in the movie was when they were on, the, you know, the in the Shadow Realm, you know. Yeah. Constantly rolling. TM. I say that. <laughs> yeah. There's only um, one Shadow Realm in my book, and it ain't, yeah, it exactly. ain't in the MCU. I can tell you that. <laughs> You got my mind, slave. <laughs> but uh, anytime that they were like that, that scene in the shadow realm where it was totally black and white, except for like the little, uh, you know, shocks of electricity that were coming off of Thor or um, off of uh, the Thunderbolt. Um, like that was, that was really Beautiful. cool. And they've never done anything Beautiful. like that. And, and I, it, it made you, and, and, you know, the, even the shot, even the, the visuals in, um, you know, the, the city of the gods and stuff like that. I mean, there were a ton of, uh, that did look gorgeous. Yeah. Like it, it looks nice and it makes you wonder because I mean, we can go back to this a little bit, but like some of the CGI in the most recent, uh, uh, Dr. Strange movie looked a little cheap <laughs> and you know, I don't want to be here talking shit about visual designers. I couldn't do their job, but you know, it, it, there's a lot to enjoy in this movie um piecemeal um and, and like you're saying uh you know it's nowhere near on the level of like an eternals which is unfortunately just a boring movie yeah 
like this movie still has Eternity, Eternals is straight up a bad film. That's a yeah, bad movie. Yeah, yeah. Like this movie has like two or three very strong scenes, um, and strong visuals and some decent humor. And I, you know, if under the right circumstances, you know, with if I'm hanging out with some buddies and some beers, I would watch this movie again and I would laugh at it. You know, like I, I would enjoy it, but like you know, I, I've come to expect more from MCU movies than I, I got out of this one, unfortunately. And I, 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 and it just made me feel kind of dumb halfway through when I realized that it, it just felt like I had missed something or, and it just is a result of them not pacing their, their narrative correctly or, or not providing enough context for what was happening. It just, it just felt like a roller coaster ride where they're like, Hey, we're going to do this now. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And they just don't explain it. And, and you're just supposed to take it at face value. Like, oh, okay, we're going to God City now. I'm like, oh, okay. So, A, I'm supposed to accept that these gods exist. And, B, I'm supposed to uh, accept that they all just hang out together in a city and see that someone's going to come here and kill all of them. Like, you're asking me to accept a lot here with little explanation. <laughs> I, I thought one of the worst parts of this movie, and it was just a... It, it was... Kind of a, it, it was kind of a, a microcosm of, of, of the or the, the how the, the problems with this movie were, were somewhat legion in how rushed and not thought through it was. And I'm I've been I've been all for and you can check the receipts. Go back and check any podcast uh, that we've done before. We love us some diversity. In in the MCU, and we're two, I believe, cisgender white males in our thirties. Yep. We are, you know, we're in the bag for everything. So we and we cannot speak to any of these any of these minorities, but we love seeing the representation too because we at least are like, you know, like it doesn't always have to be white dudes all the time. Like it's so boring. <laughs> it's true. Um, and. Black Panther's my favorite Marvel character, so you know, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, I'm getting, and I'm getting my second favorite, either this week or the next week, in in She-Hulk with the old uh, Maddie M coming back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the whitest, <laughs> most Irish. <laughs> yeah, super Irish, blind though. So you know, there's a little, you know, so there's so there's that, you know, uh, so there's representation there, and but if you're gonna do it. Fucking commit to it, and don't just shoehorn it in there for pandering's sake. And I, I get upset when it's done clearly just for pandering reasons. And the Korg bit, where Korg is all of a sudden, his species apparently procre- is gay, is, is just all a gay species, yeah. and procreates by having gay sex by a lava... That was just shoehorned in there because that and is a callback to when they to, to again to just how how they were just full, like they just didn't put a lot of thought into this or, or decided to just ignore continuity because that spits in the face not well spits in the face is a bit strong but it, it, it basically completely forgets one of the best bits from Thor Ragnarok which is Korg says that he has a mom. And her, his stepdad Doug, right? Like that yeah. set up all the great Doug joy, Doug jokes in the first one, where he's like, oh, "Another day, another Doug," you know, like all of that was gone for the sake of just being like, "Well, what if Cork was just a gay species?" And that way, we we get the the. And I was just like, "Come on, now, you like, well, we're, you're getting your representation. You're doing great. Don't like if you're gonna do it, fucking like." Commit to it and make it real and believe in it. Don't fucking do it for what was clearly because you got told to or because pandering. Where there was some suit somewhere who told you that you had to get the gay audience or whatever, and it's just like fuck off well, with that. If, if you're gonna do it, fucking do it. Right? If you're like, gonna do it, King Valkyrie is right there. <laughs> exactly, and they and they left her sitting on the sidelines for the entire. They didn't let like te- mm-hmm. yeah, like Tessa Thompson. Although I did like when she showed up to fight to. Uh, to kick ass in uh, the Phantom of the Opera 
t-shirt yeah, and, and lady and lady boxers. That was fun as hell. Although that must have pissed off Christian Bale, who spent four hours in a makeup chair for that scene, right? Oh, yeah. Tessa Thompson gets to fight in a fan of the in an, Yeah, in sweats in a fan of the opera t-shirt while he he spends four hours in the fucking makeup chair, I would imagine, right? But yeah, and Tessa Thompson's sitting there and they completely fucking leave her on the sidelines for pretty much the entire movie where she's just like I've got a sword. She was sword girl in this movie. That was it, right? Like they didn't they didn't give her it, like there's the one like fuck off sequence of her like shaking hands and kissing babies as the as the king of 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 New Asgard, but then that's it. And then it's like she might still be a drunk cuz they keep you know that but it's like because she was obviously an alcoholic, and that was a big part of her character. And then in this one, they're just playing that for for more jokes and stuff like that, right? Which, I mean, they played it for jokes in Ragnarok, but it was still somewhat serious because her character had to be like, all right, I got to start drink, stop drinking if we're going to fucking do the serious stuff. And in this one, she's just like, yes, bring my giant kegs and stuff. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So, yeah, which is the, the overall arcing problem with this movie is this movie was like... The, the three Thor movies, you go on a journey with all these characters, like you kind of do your character arc, and then this one is like, well, what if we forgot all that and then just did three movies worth of character arcs in two hours? And yeah, and exactly. and it's also like getting a, and it's also doing a redo with uh, with everybody, right? Yeah, it, it felt like a soft reboot, a hundred percent. Yeah, it was it was not good, and yeah, it was not good. It's nice to see Jamie Alexander back. That was kind of cool. Oh yeah. That's yeah, true. got her got her arm cut off. I'm not sure if that'll factor going forward. Um, yeah. Um, uh, other thing I want to point out quickly, because as much as I like the visuals, there was one detractor I wanted to say as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to have the like first major fight scene where uh, Gore the God Butcher summons a bunch of shadow monsters, maybe don't have that scene at night. I didn't know what the hell was happening in that fight scene. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I will say that looked pretty... I don't know if it was different. It looked pretty dope on, on my TV, I thought. But I agree with you. There were a couple scenes where I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. But again, I guess the whole thing is that they were sneaking in the night and stealing the children or whatever. Which, what did you did you like the children fight thing at the end? I didn't hate it. I mean, it made sense to me contextually. What it actually reminds yeah. is, um, gosh, this is going to be a spoiler alert for a twenty year old television show. Who cares? Uh, but the final episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> okay. Um, basically they go into hell and they're like, you know, the, the whole premise of the show is, you know, into every generation, a single slayer is born and they're like, well, why do they get to make up the rules? What if instead of one slayer, we had a thousand, Mm. (laughs) like, why can't we just change this? We have a powerful magician on our side. Let's just change the rules. And so suddenly everyone got to have the power of Thor, power of Buffy or whatever. Uh, and, and I, I kind of like that idea where they're like, Hey, why can't, if Odin could set, you know, the rules for who gets to have pick up a weapon and have the power of Thor, why can't other people do that? And I get, I, I kind of like that idea. It was, um, I think, maybe a more creative solution than they've had in some of these Act 3 MCU things. Uh, to To grant people the power who would not normally have it versus a situation where, you know, two of your three protagonists show up and one of them is Goku and he's injured in this scene, but he's going to show up to save the day in the final 10 minutes. Just wait for it. Like, they, they, they or, you know, the coin flip of, you know, there's roughly a 50-50 chance of is the third act of this MCU movie going to have a glowing blue portal in it? Like, we, we see these... Uh, similar endings all the time and i thought that this was a a newer thing that we hadn't seen before and uh, i didn't hate it uh just so the internet doesn't come after me i I messed that up earlier uh jonathan brew who is the third guy in uh what we do in the shadows did not play dionysus i biffed that earlier he played uh rapu at the beginning the uh the god that uh christian bale's character uh, that gore was playing to yeah so, but he was in the film that I that I that I do remember. But yeah, just so the, the just so the, the 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 good people of the internet don't come after me on that one. Yeah, the I I don't know. It, 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 it this movie's just it's a bit of a mess. The third act I did think was really strong. Like the the 
the shadow uh, fight and when uh, Natalie Portman shows up to save the day, that is actually like a somewhat real moment. Like she, she basically sacrifices herself. And then the sequence in eternity where he's like, you got your wish. You can, you can make it and you can do whatever. Right. And, and like, I, I felt like against all odds in, based on what happened in the first like two and a half acts, I felt like they sort of got there in the way that I'm like, yeah, Gore would actually make that decision to, yep. to not to bring back his daughter. And then the end sequence with uh, the daughter and uh, like, like the very end of the film when they, charge after the stuff with the daughter and maybe i fell for that maybe i'm a little bit soft because i'm i'm a daughter daddy myself yep. so maybe that maybe that hit a little bit harder because that was kind of like, like squat yeah that was squad goals for me there i think <laughs> so uh uh that was um so maybe maybe that you know maybe i was a little more susceptible to that but you know it is what it is just yeah. not great Let's talk about the return of Natalie Portman as Dr. Jane Foster for the first time since, for, for the first time in real, actual, uh, you know, new shot footage since Thor 2, mm-hmm. the first time they've used her since Endgame when they dusted off some uh, not used... Some stock footage. <laughs> yeah, some Thor the Dark World footage scenes that got cut and then used that for... Uh, for to, kind of get her in appearance there um natalie portman one of the best living actresses we have i thought was actively bad in this film (laughs) what say you kevin yeah we touched on it it's not a (laughs) she's a she's a great dramatic actress (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh she is not great as like you know the third starring she's not great in a comedic role I, I can't they, think of it. They gave her some terrible bits too, like that. That like we mentioned the name, the the uh, catchphrase. Suppose, yeah. That bit was that's that's an awful bit. That's a truly awful bit. Um, well, and when she did have like the pathos, where it's like I'm gonna you know detransform from Mighty Thor and become a foot shorter, and I'm gonna that's be, when like, she's actively great. Yeah. suffering and like oh okay yikes. <laughs> this, yeah, she, <laughs> she yeah that's that's true. When she was doing that stuff, that was clearly her at her best, right for. Uh, but you know, it was it was cool to see her there. She definitely put some. She she definitely put in some work on the old arms there because she had the pipes in this film, and uh, that you know, good for her for for that. And looked great in a blonde wig, I thought. And you know, looked good looked good in the in the mighty Thor suit. I thought that I thought that was I thought that was really cool, and got to save the day at the end. Yeah. And it was cool. It was cool that they did use the. Well, cool is a <laughs> relative term considering the subject, but it was some. It was cool that they used the cancer uh, plot line from the mighty, the actual Mighty Thor comic book series. I did not think that they were going to do that, but when you see, when I saw her hooked up to the chemo, I'm like, oh, they're doing it! <laughs> like I just didn't I, think I, I thought they were going to do that because I, I I remember hearing about that storyline. I think that was like around like 2008 or something like that. Yes, that was like a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I remember hearing about it because I was on a lot of nerd forums at the time, but uh, you know I've never read a lot of comics. But I remember hearing about it and knowing who Jane Foster was at the time because of the first Thor movie. So I guess it would have been probably more around 2010 or 11. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I thought that was a cool idea back then, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna do that, and then they did, and I thought that that was a, a good move for them. It actually reminded me of a little bit of. Uh, before I saw Thor Love and Thunder, I wondered if they were going to do it like uh, the opening to Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, here's this fun movie, but you got to pay like your five minute tax of dying cancer mom first. Then we'll get into the fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm trying to figure out when the Mighty Thor run started. It says 2015, but I don't think that's right. Felt like it was earlier than that. It felt like it was earlier than that. Um, and maybe uh, it would have had to yeah, my... at least when uh, the first Thor movie came out because it would have been all Greek to me if if not for that. Um, yeah, so maybe it was mid 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 teens there. Uh, so I, yeah, maybe that makes sense. Yeah, she she I yeah she was bad in the comedic scenes, great in the dramatic scenes, which makes sense. 
Yeah, but it's just a total goofball movie. So like, even yeah, the word dramatic scenes, you instantly forget about them once she suits back up. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate. Exactly. And 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 it's interesting because like when we say like, oh, you know, she was good in those scenes. We just didn't get very many of them. It's the same. It's the same thing we're talking about with Christian Bale, right? It, it makes me curious what like a a like a director's cut of this would be. I, I hate to be a release the Snyder cut type of guy, but you know, yeah. I, it does make me curious what a different universe's version of this movie would be. Um, and, and you know what what Taika Waititi might take away from criticism that's being leveled at this movie, because I'm not going to say it's entirely his fault. You know, studios are involved. They want to cut it down to two hours. Like, yeah, they had it cut down, but also they gave they gave him a ton of rope. It was just it was a weird. It was an oddball combination of they were like yeah. they were yeah. It was an oddball combination of here, do whatever you want, make the movie because you did so well for us on on like Thor Ragnarok was such a revelation for the MCU. Do whatever you want, and then after he did whatever he want, they were like, you got to cut it down to two yeah. hours for reasons that they that they never really explained, but probably had some corporate reason for wanting it to be under two hours. Uh, Hemsworth, Hemsgod. Uh, I think that he has found his groove as Thor uh, since Ragnarok. I think he's having a ton of fun, and I, <laughs> I mean, I, I have no complaints about his portrayal at all. I thought he was actively bad in the first half of this movie. Oh yeah, I thought, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought he was actively bad. But because uh, like that, the 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 Guardians of the Galaxy sequence, um, especially now, maybe I would have thought differently about that sequence if I hadn't seen Triple R, which if I saw it in the movie theater, I would not have seen Triple R yet. But have you seen Triple R, Kevin? I don't know what you're referring to. The uh, oh god, what's Triple R? It's the the Bollywood movie that was on Netflix. The the action Bollywood movie. Oh no, no, not you have not. Oh my lord! Go watch RRR right now. It is phenomenal, and it, it, I don't know. It, it just to me, it felt like they were trying to do that, but obviously that sort of came first, or at least it came first in the sequence. It was, and it just wasn't good. Like when he did the Van Dam splits and whatnot, I was yeah. like, what? What is happening? Why are we doing this? And like the other, and like all of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters are like rolling their eyes, and I'm like, well, if the characters are in the fucking movie are rolling their eyes, right? Like, like what do you think the audience, or at least what do you think I'm doing, right? Like that's it's just that that was that was not great. It, it was it was not good. It, it was bad. Uh, Christian Bale, we talked about he was excellent. Needed more screen time because he was uh, the best part of this movie. I thought. Uh, and yeah, again, although it, it made sense plot line wise and worked for, I guess, where they're going with Thor going forward, where he's going to be daddy Thor now, but yeah, it could have used Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher in more than one movie. Yeah, maybe. Same way he could have used uh, Michael B. Jordan going forward. I realize hindsight's twenty twenty, but I, in the moment... I said that was a dumb decision. Go back and check the receipts on that one. They never should have killed Michael B. Jordan because then you would still have Michael B. Jordan right now. Oh, yeah. It, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, we still got those what-ifs, though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Tessa Thompson, like, I, she was good, but they didn't fucking give her anything to do. Also right? underused. Yeah, it, and that it didn't yeah. feel like anyone was overused, but we're talking about like a movie where like the best parts of it are like dramatic Natalie Portman, dramatic Christian Bale, dramatic uh, Tessa Thompson, or even comedic Tessa Thompson, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they're all underrepresented in this movie, and maybe this movie just could have used one of its set pieces taken out, yeah, you know, to allow the other one some room to breathe. Maybe it could have used an extra half hour. I don't know. <laughs> what did you... What do you make of this new thing that they're doing? This seems to be a thing that they're doing with... Um, in, in, in the MCU Phase 4, where they, are, they, they seem to be using the Stingers to... Yeah introduce all of the characters you're going to see in the future they weren't always doing that before they did a little bit in phase one but that's obviously because they were they were 
building and teasing, and that's what Phase 1 was all about. But this one just seems to be, because they've done it three times, maybe four, if I remember my head. Definitely three times, because they did it with Charlize. Yep. They did it with uh, Harry Styles. Yep. And now they did it with uh, Brett Goldstein, who just won all the Emmys the other night. And he's there as as Hercules. He he shows up as Hercules in this one, and 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 Brett Goldstein's going to be there as, as Hercules going forward. You do you watch uh, Ted Lasso? Are you a Ted Lasso fan? Uh, it's something that's on our list. We're we're going to start that soon. <laughs> you would you would uh, I think you would love it because it's a Bill Lawrence show, and you and I are both uh, famously Scrubs heads. Oh, uh, the and, the three of us actually just finished rewatching through Scrubs. I had never seen so the final season of that show. <laughs> I re I I watched all of I I had never seen the final two seasons of Scrubs. Uh, even though I'm a huge fan, I, because uh, I, I, I ref- for the longest time I refused to watch the last two seasons of that show. And during quarantine, I was like, I'm rewatching, you know, the darkest days of Scrubs. I was yeah, rewatching. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched. Uh, or sorry, the darkest days of the quarantine. I rewatched Scrubs and got up to season seven and eight when the show started really falling off because they like changed networks and stuff. And then, right. like most sitcoms, it was a clusterfuck of emotions. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to watch it all. And then I did. And I was like, eh, whatever. Um, yeah, not bad. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ted Lasso was really good, but that's a, that, that's a story for another podcast. But yeah, Brett Goldstein's the guy winning all the Emmys from, from the, well, Ted Lasso was like sweeping the the Emmys these days. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. Like, what do you make of that? Does like, is this you? is this just? It, it, does it does it bother you? Does it is it? Are you okay with it? Because it bothers me a little bit. Because like, I feel like they're going to the well too many times with it. But um, I maybe I'm I maybe I'm just I don't know. Maybe I just it's probably I just didn't I, like I just didn't like this movie. Like, and now I'm like, you doing that again? Ever since they've had like multiple stingers, usually one of them, like the mid credits, is like here's an important thing that's going to be like, a, here's a teaser for what's coming up in the MCU or like the next time you're going to see main character from this movie. Uh, and then the second one is usually a joke, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess I like seeing like a little snippet of what's to come, but like, you're right. The last ones have all just been like, here's a reveal of a new character and we're not going to really tell you what that means yet. Um, it's interesting now that you mention it, it has kind of just followed that pattern, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, and am I, am I missing another one? They, Cause they've done that three times in a row. I'm just, they, they did it like early on too. Like, uh, they introduced like Wanda and Pietro that way. True. Um, gosh, I, I can't think of another one, but, uh, there, there have been others, but they just did it. They, I mean, and I realized it was it was easier to do in in other ones. It, it was easier to do. I, I mean, because it was better the way they did it in Shang Chi, where Shang Chi was like, and th- this they did it in Shang Chi the way they did it in, um, Phase One. Even more. <laughs> yeah, where it was more vague and cryptic, right? Where like, uh, you know, because the, the stinger is, you know, Wong's looking at the at the at the Ten Rings and it's like. Uh, oh, you know, these are cosmic or whatever. We got to figure out that. And you're like, ooh, cosmic. What's that going to lead to? Yep. And Carol's and... with her hair, hair back, and Bruce is there with his uh, arm ruined. And you're like, what does this all mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's much better than just, here's Harry Styles, and he's playing Thor's brother, Star Fox. And it's like, uh, okay. Right? I don't know what like, that means. <laughs> and, all, yeah, and also, Pat Oswalt's here, and he's, do, and he's playing Pip. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but... Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So there, there was a bit of that, right? But yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. When it when it means something at all, like it's okay to me. Like when, like at the end of Doctor Strange, when it's like, okay, well, here's so and so showing up, and I don't really know who that character is, but the important part for me was, you know. Doctor Strange is going to be in another adventure, and he does. He's using the third eye. It's not just a horror, a body horror element for him now, right? Like so, it, it sort of gives you the like everything's going to be okay, but we're gonna, you know, <laughs> it, it 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 gives you a little something else other than we're just introducing Star Fox and Pep, right? That's all that one was. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the the Eternals basically that that post credit scene was we're going to introduce two new characters and remind you that like these 
three characters who were in uh, in the, the in the movie uh, have not been captured by the uh, uh, Celestials. Yeah, like that's all that really served. And then there was <laughs> you know the second PS scene where it's like. Kit Harrington is somebody, and if you don't know who it is, then you don't know who it is. Like, yeah, <laughs> the Black Knight always triumphs. Like they say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they show Marshal Ali, you know. Yeah, that was better too. And we're getting the sword guys in. Have you noticed this? We got we we got the Necro Sword, Blades coming soon, and we got the the, the Black Knight. So oh, we're, we're getting all the sword, sword guys. You always talk about yeah. how cool your swords are. <laughs> yeah, we're getting the sword guys in the MCU, and it's great to see it. The MCU definitely needs more swords. So uh, so <laughs> the, the sword guys are definitely coming. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about with Thor: Love and Thunder? Uh... The Valhalla sequence at the end I thought was pretty dope though. That this the second stinger where uh yeah. yeah, where where Jane Jane was in Valhalla and she got to meet Heimdall, that I thought was was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I'm okay uh, with that. I mean again, it was a beautiful scene that they used for thirty seconds. <laughs> it resulted yeah. in his paycheck, I hope. Uh mm-hmm. good for him. Get them checks. Brett Goldstein was on set for over under twenty minutes, Kevin. Oh, gosh. Um, I think it would have taken at least 20 minutes to oil up his muscles, so I'm going to say over. <laughs> over. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. But not by a lot. <laughs> yeah, this this one is... Coaching, and then he stood, and that was it. Um, so this one is definitely bottom to mid-tier Marvel movie for me. Uh, I, I haven't exactly figured out uh, where it's going to be in my in our ranking. Although, I will say... They end phase four in November with Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Kevin. Yeah. That is the 30th MCU movie. Oh, God. I underestimated when I said 27. <laughs> yeah. That is the 30th MCU movie, I'm pretty sure. I think it's exactly 30. And I kind of want us to <laughs> hammer out our, 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 let's go 30 to one. Let's go worst to first. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. For uh, one podcast. Put that together. <laughs> yeah. It'll be tough. Let's, let's, let's think about doing it. And yep. then we'll try it. We can try to keep that pod under, under 40 minutes and, and not relitigate <laughs> the movies and whatnot. Um, yeah. As soon as we and, disagree, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll do our best. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, overall ranking for Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh gosh, um, I, I'll agree with you and say uh, mid to bottom, uh, which is to say that uh, didn't love it, have a lot of problems with it, but ultimately it's still an MCU movie. It still made me laugh a few times. Um, decent performances in it. Um, I would, as I mentioned before, uh, under the right circumstances, definitely watch it on Disney with a, a couple boys and some beers. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm aligned with I think I'm aligned with Rotten Tomatoes on this one. I got six and a half out of ten on this one. I'm in that's that perfect. range. Yeah. So that's like what a C minus. Yeah, think. I would say yes. Yeah, sixty five. I think is like a, a a D plus C minus. Yeah, that's about where it is. Yeah, that's... I would say C or C minus to for me. All right. Uh, anything you wanna do? You wanna talk a little She Hulk or anything that's uh, picking your brain before we get out of here? Um, I, again, I don't remember a lot of specifics, but, uh, how did you feel about Ms. Marvel? I was stunned while watching that series at how little interest I had (laughs) in the superhero stuff. Oh, okay. (laughs) And how great my interest was in the mosque politics. Yeah. Of that television show. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 you're getting your powers. I don't care. Let's go back. At, what was Nakia Sand? Is she going to get that? Is she going to be able to get on the uh, on the mosque board? Because that stuff was way more entertaining to me, honestly, than, than the boring old comic book stuff. They never should have went to the Red Daggers that quickly. That should have been a season two thing. So that was, gl- that was glossed over, I thought, a little bit too fast. But honestly, when she is going through high school problems... Yep. When Miss Marvel is, when Kamala Khan is going through real life high school problems on that show, that was a infin, infinitely more entertaining show to me than when she's actually being a superhero. Yes, which I 100% was, agree. I, I think that they yeah. took all the right lessons from the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Um, made it irreverent, 
uh, added in a lot of a lot a lot of both Pakistani and Islam representation that mm-hmm. I drank up. It was great to learn about, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Even in this way, um, and they sprinkled it with some Scott Pilgrim stuff that I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, Scott Pilgrim and Jace for sure. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's up there like it's it's hard for me right now to be like okay loki season one or miss marvel like i really enjoyed it <laughs> but like the sequence to me the best sequence in uh in in, in that thing in that series is uh or in there because they got six episodes right the best yep, sequence yep. in the sixth episode and we got the official x-men tease for the first time in that because because they yeah because they they went to the guitar riff where they're like there's something mutant or whatever about your dna and then it was uh the the uh honestly the best sequence is when uh nakia bruno who they completely changed in the comic books from the comic books because uh he bruno was quite lovable in in this series whereas in the in the comic book he's not a bad guy he's just an annoying twerp and uh and not a like he's one of those characters where he shows up and you're like get out of here yeah get out of here this guy sucks but he was he was he was a lot of fun in this one. And uh, he, like, the, the sequence where the three of them go to, I, I forget what, it was, it was a part, it was, it was like a fundraiser, I think, for the mosque. And then Naki like is that, like, uh, Eid festival. Something like that. Is that what it, is that what it's called? Whatever it was. But then, but Nakia and, and Kamala and Bruno are there and she's like, okay, here's what we got to do. And she lays out their plan and they're like, first. And like, it does this like whip pan over and it's like, we got to recruit the mosque bros. And then it shows a yeah, bunch of like, yeah, and she's like, <laughs> yeah. And then, the, yeah. And then it gets all the way up to the phrase, the Illuma aunties. And I was like, fucking brilliant. And I was like, this is what the show should be. Don't. Go be Miss Marvel, because I don't care. This is way more fun. Teach me about this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And no, and no. all of this sequencing was so much more fun than than uh, I thought than the actual superhero stuff, which is just weird. Well, and a great supporting cast. Thing. Like her her brother was really good. funny. Her parents were really yes. good. Um, Anjali Bamani was in that as like a, a, I think she might have been an aunt or a cousin or something like that. And I'm like, oh hey, mm-hmm. I know you from Critical Role. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was good. It, 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 I did, I did enjoy, I did enjoy Miss Marvel. Uh, She-Hulk, I've really been enjoying. Although, yeah, God damn it, do I hate fourth wall breaking? I just, I, I, <laughs> I hate that device so much. And I, I understand she used it before Deadpool, but I don't fucking like it when Deadpool does it either. So there's <laughs> well, that. Cause, it's obviously a character that I fucking hate, but I knew it was like a Deadpool trademark. I didn't realize that She Hulk did it as well. She she did it, I think, in the. I'm fairly certain she did it before Deadpool in the uh, in the thing. They just it took it in. Uh, uh, they just took it in the in the extreme. <laughs> yeah, they just ramped it up to the nth degree with Deadpool to the point where it was even more insufferable. But yeah, She Hulk has always talked to the. Uh, to the the comic or to the to the comic book readers and stuff, and she's always been a character that they've used to like make fun of pop culture. Like, there's the famous uh, cover of her um, where they're parodying the, the the pregnant Demi Moore Vanity Fair cover from the '90s. Do you remember that one? Yep. Yeah, they they did they did that one where it's She Hulk doing it, but instead of being pregnant, she's like holding a, a green beach ball. Or <laughs> and yeah, and that was them. So they, they've always they've always taken jabs at pop culture with uh and and the 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 clever pop culture jabs i've always enjoyed and i i mean the fourth wall breaking with her in the comics i guess is less annoying although i i just don't like it when they reference it like the comic being a comic i just it's it fourth wall breaking it's just not a device for matt pierce i truly i don't even really like it when ferris bueller did it for god's sake and the only time i've ever truly tolerated it is for a little character named Zach Morris, <laughs> <laughs> right? Zach Morris, yeah. Zach Morris is about the only one where I, is about the only character where I've ever tolerated fourth wall breaking. Uh, it just the fourth wall breaking is not for me. But uh, <laughs> She Hulk's been great. I really enjoy the procedural stuff, and it's it's because we've discussed this on the show how they've cracked 
MCU's mostly cracked the the thing by doing genre storytelling. It's just except that uh, your guy, you know, happens to put on a super suit. Yeah. Within whatever genre you happy to yeah, be yeah. telling. It's, it's the MCU is a place, and you can tell whatever story there you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can tell whatever style of story, and because you know we they, I didn't watch it because I'm out on trailers, but I saw that they they at D23 they dropped a. Uh, the werewolf by midnight and that, or, or, or the werewolf by night thing that they're going to do. And it looks like they're doing it in all black and white, like really, yeah, you know, I, I, fit, like Bella Lugosi, like 1950s Dracula yeah, style. Yeah. And I'm like, smart, you know, <laughs> okay, like, very smart. Not going to watch the trailer because I just, I'm out on trailers now, but I w- when it's out, I will watch it. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, they, they did that and it was, it, it, it was really good. And I, I just, I, the yeah and she she also this is their procedural show right like it's just this is this is our this is Allie McBeal we've got our career woman who's trying to date and have it all right <laughs> she's trying to have it all will she be able to but also she turns into a hulk <laughs> right? a lawyer exactly her. right <laughs> that's exactly what it is single it's single female lawyer absolutely yeah, wearing so sexy great. miniskirts and being self-reliant <laughs> Hey, I'm pretty good. <laughs> what a great episode of Futurama that is. Everybody go check that one out. Uh, yeah, so She-Hulk's been really good. And She-Hulk, if they... Well, the thing with She-Hulk is they're getting eight episodes instead of six. Yep. Maybe nine. They're getting a couple extra episodes is the point. If they really bring it home, because the criticism we've most of the planet has had with the... Uh, Twerking. And I agree with this criticism, which is why I'm bringing it up, uh, is that... The, f- the final episodes of these uh, MCU shows uh, okay. have been, how do you say, uh, shit sandwich. <laughs> they have been not good. They have failed to stick the landing yeah. a lot of times, except in Loki. Loki's the only one where Loki's they stuck Loki the landing, yeah. which is why everybody acknowledges Loki as pretty much universally as... When you're ranking the MCU shows, number one with a bullet tends to be Loki, and I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the only one where they actually stuck the landing on the. I like on the last ending. episode of Miss Marvel. Now that I think about it, too. That second, that penultimate episode though was not good. That like flashback episode where yeah, that they one were, was odd. Just they were doing the apartheid, where the, yeah, where they were doing the apartheid stuff, which while historically relevant was horribly executed that was not a good episode um that was the weakest episode of the series uh yeah but the miss marvel finale they they, they pulled off most of it i would say and some of it was yeah, very home the, alone they did the though. spider-man 2 ending where <laughs> yes some like, of it was very home alone though me. yeah and it uh but yeah, with the a couple extra episodes and with Daredevil coming, there's a chance She-Hulk could could uh, if they stick the landing and keep this going, She-Hulk might overtake Loki for me, despite the despite itself with the with the flipping fourth wall breaking that I I hate yeah. so so much. I could see it going uh, it for sure. Yeah. Uh, so did that you, did you hear sorry, this theory? I, I want to see if if I've heard this theory and you haven't, and it's going to just piss you off. <laughs> okay. Um, so this most recent episode, I believe it was the one with Madison with two D's and a Y, but not where you think. <laughs> or two, yeah, two N's and a Y, but the Y isn't where you think. She was hilarious. I thought um, the internet, it, it was so funny because as, as weirdly, because like the, the the thing with Megan the Stallion twerking in the episode before obviously put like pencil dick Twitter in a tizzy. Oh yeah. For for whatever reason, the the so the the amount of weird like pencil dickatry <laughs> that happened because of that yeah. completely flipped on its ass for the Madison character, where okay. everybody was like the internet basically came together to be like, give her her own show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just do like like 30, 40 more minutes of her and Wong. Yeah, that was um, that was great. But uh, the the theory that I saw the other day and it made me laugh because I know how you would react to it was that she told the court when she was on the witness stand that she got taken to a fireplace and made a deal. She met Mephisto, yeah, that right? She met yeah. Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. That honestly is the only time we've gotten anything that has any meat on the bone that was not just fans making crap up 
that that might actually be Mephisto. Because yeah. Mephisto has gone by. Because she said there was a goat named Jake. And yeah. Mephisto has used Jake as a as a pseudonym before oh, when he's okay. triggered people. So that that is the that is the this is the first oh, time oh, there is we've had. <laughs> yeah, that is there that now that that is the first time there is meat on the Mephisto bone <laughs> in the MCU. Now is that the people at the Disney TV studio trolling the audience? Maybe. <laughs> Certainly maybe. They, right? they like, don't seem to care about it anymore. Like, all the fourth wall breaks have been like, it'll shut Twitter up for, for a few days. Yeah, exactly. Like, and the bit... And, reacting to. Yeah, and them knowing ahead of time that they were going to get, again, Pencil Dick, to, they were going to get a, a backlash from Pencil Dick part of, you know, social media, specifically Twitter talking about why is it She-Hulk and then they made fun they they openly made fun of that yeah and like week three after people had been doing it for two weeks right in a real like in, in a spot where hopefully people went wait am I the baddie <laughs> you know like that old British yeah, sketch where it's like hope. wait a minute am I the baddie <laughs> you know hopefully if, if even one person <laughs> realized it in that moment and then flipped totally worth it right like, yeah, yeah I guess that's true yeah, it it's was just a it, way for uh, me to feel superior to pencil dicks, though. <laughs> oh, it was just so bad. Like it's just so bad. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like a, a a CGI woman twerking with Meg the Stallion was apparently an indictment on on society at, yeah. at uh, writ large, according to some people. It was it was future uh, liberals won. <laughs> exactly, and quite in like I don't know, yeah, Meg sure, the Stallion. Sure. Who who could pro- who could end my marriage with one wink? If we're, if we're being honest, like honestly, like what like just easily one of like maybe two celebrities who could actually end my marriage. Ma- he, Meg the Stallion. He's gonna. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I've got a type. Uh, it's it's. It was good though. It, it was good, and it, I, I I really like She-Hulk, and I'm I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm looking forward for my boy uh, Maddie Maddie Ice Maddie Blind guy to be in the uh, yeah to be, and I, I think they're gonna do the the the, the red and yellow suit. Yeah, yeah I saw a uh, promo image. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was a tease though. I think they're gonna do the red and yellow suit though, which would be pretty cool. Although I I, I know the red and yellow is the OG. But the red and black is just so superior to, to the thing, and it's the Robin theory, right? Of like, why would you, yeah, yeah why would you fight crime wearing in, in the dark with these bright colors, right? These and, shorts on. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It's just somebody designed a cool costume, and they haven't been able to get away from it for a while. Uh, anyway, that is it for our Thor: Love and uh, Thunder review. We will get back to doing some other fun stuff here and there, but until then, you might not hear from us until November when uh, Wakanda Forever comes out. A movie I guarantee you I will see in theaters. There's no fucking uh, shot oh that, I, that I miss. Uh, uh, I've been avoiding everything. I've been avoiding every all the trailers and all the talk from that. Yeah, as best I can. It's it's tough. I know Namor is going to be in it. I I really wish I <laughs> that didn't get spoiled for me, but it is what it is. It was impossible to avoid. Want to see how they thread the needle of of, of the unfortunate Chadwick Boseman, thing, you know, needle that they have to thread. Terrible. Anyway, uh, so that is it. Uh, Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. Uh, we're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, uh, and pretty much any other podcatcher that we happen to be on. So please leave us a review on those. Five stars only, like I said. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. I'm not going to plug uh, what might be upcoming because... I might hold this uh, podcast, release it a couple days later than I'm intending. So, uh, uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be it for this one. So I don't know what the what the upcoming will be for this one. But there it is. I know people have been a few people on the internet have been getting on me for the Thor: Love and Thunder review, and there it is. It's just kind of a mediocre. Yeah, it is, that... you animals. Yeah, that wasn't that great. No, I love it. I love it. I know. I'm not going to pretend like I don't love it. But, it, but yeah, here it is. Uh, so that that is it. Take care. Uh, Kevin, thanks for doing this as always. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everybody, and see you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Yeah.